often beats with Clint. Ew. Uh, gonna have to dig deep for this episode. Almost like I'm digging a hole with Shia LaBeouf. And once you're deep in the hole, you become a nymphomaniac. Do you prefer part one or part two? Doesn't matter. It's really a pointless movie. Uh, not really much, uh, it's funny how that's one of those movies that gets a lot of critical acclaim for such a deeper understanding of it when you want to talk about just an excuse to basically have a porno. I mean, that's really the excuse. Just call it cinema and cinematically, I'm going to fell big on this podcast. But welcome to episode 80 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint, and like the comment on the last episode I did, uh, why do you do so many episodes with only four viewers? Exclamation. Almost like it's a, you know, you sense the undertone. It's cool. Even though I can tell you now the audio uh, numbers say, It's a whole lot more than four, buddy, but I'm a humble guy, so we're going to keep the numbers to ourselves. I do find it fascinating. I do think it's, that comment is kind of like this weird, uh, when, when I see that from someone, I really think you see a reflection of people and things. Oh, and I simply responded, why not? Never got one back, because you know why? Because there's not a reason not to. There's never a reason not to continue doing something. If you enjoy something. But people have this assumption when you do certain things, if you're not receiving immediate attention or views or stuff like that, then you just need to stop and quit. It's like, well, I would ask you a question. You make a choice to watch or listen to something that you don't have to. That's the beauty, you know, the beauty of something like this that's not quote-unquote television. Television will force it down your throat and convince you to want to watch something. Even if you don't really like something, if it's convenient, they will make you like something. Because they don't give you other options of what you want to watch. But... And something like this, where you literally have to go out of your way. They literally give you the episode description. I literally, literally, things are laid out to you of what the subject, the topic's going to be. And people really just watch and listen to certain things because they want people to stop early in the game, early in the tracks. Because for some reason it triggers them in some type of way. And I typically don't address comments because, as even you tell by my voice, it really doesn't touch a nerve or nothing. I just find it a little fascinating of why, what about it makes you, because the indication of what you're really trying to get at is, couldn't you be doing better use of your time, right? And doing something that's not getting views and listens. Because people just want you to quit early on. 
It's like telling a person who's 320 pounds and they've only lost six pounds in a month. And that's like telling someone like, hey, guy, hey, man, just quit. It's not it's not going to happen for you, bud. Just quit. Go back. Never come back. But I would say if you let something like that stop you from doing something, you know what? You deserve whatever you don't get. But I do find it fascinating. What is with this urgency with people to try to... To try to stop someone from continuing doing something that doesn't affect them. And I think it's more... Because you see it if you just go across YouTube. I watch videos, of course. And it's this funny thing. Where you really do see when people talk about it. Like, I didn't really understand it to the extent. But recently I've been paying closer attention to things. And I... There is this fascination with people that just want to get their point out and tell people who make stuff and make videos or make podcasts or whatever and tell them to stop and use their time better because they quote unquote suck, which is fine. But I would ask you this. If you have time to make YouTube comments, to make comments on YouTube, some videos that you don't care for, don't listen to, or don't like, I would ask you, don't you have stuff to do, better use of your time? It's funny when people lack awareness in a lot of things. Like, I, I remember, like, literally earlier, I, I, I was watching uh, Speak for Yourself with Emmanuel Acho and Marcellus Wiley. And someone under the comments, because they were talking about some like Aaron Rodgers stuff or whatever. And of course, they disagree with Wiley or uh, they disagree with Acho. And they're basically saying, oh, well, that's what, well, when you saw, when you weren't good as a player and you can't really speak on things. And I just, I was like, well, there's a lot of people that actually think he's a really good analyst. And he was like, because with that way of thinking, you were literally saying that if the only equity your voice has is if you were a if you accomplish in the subject you're talking about, right? Well, in that case, then why do we listen to journalists when they talk about things? Because as much as there are a lot of great athletes. To analysts, there's also some that are really bad. And with that being said, you can't say that about Manuel Acho. Manuel Acho is one of the best in the game right now. No pun intended. I just found it fascinating. With that way of thinking, you were literally saying the only credit don't you were literally saying, no matter what you say, unless you were accomplishing that. No matter what, if they were good at it, what they say about any subject is correct. But if they weren't good at the sport they're covering, anything they say is incorrect. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, problems that you could run into with that. Because one, that is assuming that every person that is good at something, that they're good at about everything. That's assuming that they are good speaking about certain things. That's assuming that they are very knowledgeable on everything. 
So you literally spread your cheeks and just believe anything they say. That's a dangerous slope to go down. That's assuming just because someone wasn't an all-star player or a pro bowler or only played in the league as a few years on practice squad. And that's assuming that when they talk about things, they should just shut up. Because there's a lot of people that are successful in in sports or in anything. And we just assume when they talk about anything, they must have merit. O.J. Simpson was a great football player. I'm not really going to listen to his takes on a lot of different things about theft. I'm not really going to, you know... Well, like when people want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, whether you agree, disagree with him or not, he at least gave a thorough explanation, got deep in his reasons and all that stuff, and I don't really care to get into that because I don't really care for it, to be pretty frank about it. But just assuming that everything Aaron says you should apply just because you love him as a player is very dangerous. And just because you have a personal despise also doesn't mean that what he says should automatically lose credibility. Because if that's the case, then how come when Kyrie says something because of how great of a player he is, you could say, well, in that case, then Kyrie should just, everything Kyrie says should be golden. It's like, well, no. Because, you know, there's maybe a history of things that may be questionable, that may be conspiracy-esque. And it's quite interesting that we want to make exceptions for others to prove a point that we have bigger to make. But I'm going to get off my soapbox and take you to the general hospital and uh, take you off the gurney again. But yeah, I just find interesting. You know, it. I... I I think um, the whole comment things with YouTubes is very interesting. Of course, you know, as everyone knows, it's a lot of fake courage. Just a lot of people that have strong opinions. And tell everyone that makes videos and stuff, they're idiots and stuff. And they shouldn't make videos and stuff. But for some reason, people in the YouTube comment section can have opinions and speak on things. But the people that make videos and stuff shouldn't, right? Okay. It's kind of a contradiction. Well... It's like, okay, well, you know, you could go to the old, like, uh, well, you never played type of thing. It's like, well, you know what? If you have such strong opinions and you want to speak on things, then you know what? Make a video, make videos, make podcasts. And since your opinions are so gracious and you say no one cares about what people uh, think about what you think and all that, you know what? I think you're making a heavy assumption that people care what you think as well. I think we have a... And, of course, people will say, well, no one asked you to make videos. No one asked you to do this. You know what? You're technically correct. And no one also really asked for your opinion. It was really like a YouTube comment when you think about it. It's really the equivalent of you're at dinner with, let's just say, your mom. Just say Chili's. You know, that's a go-to place. You're at Chili's with your mother. Then all of a sudden... Some random guy comes in, and he, he just comes into Chili's just to use the bathroom. Doesn't order, doesn't stay there. He just, I got to use the restroom. Even though it says you can only use the restroom at the front if you are going to be a guest here. 
if you're going to be buying food here or even drinks at the minimum. Bathrooms are not open to quote unquote the public. You have to be a customer. But he's like, nah, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Okay, whatever. No one's going to stop the man from going to the bathroom. It's not that big of a deal. He's just going to the bathroom. Comes in, comes out. But then your table with your mother happens to be right by the bathrooms. What a coincidence. And all of a sudden, they overhear a conversation you're having about, let's just say, um, should I break up with my girlfriend? We'll just keep it generic. It's like, yeah, I don't know, you know, I'm thinking about blah, blah, blah. And then they walk by and they randomly decide to chime in on someone they've never met. And they want to give their two cents about something that no one asked them for. Because technically I did say it in a public place. But just because you hear stuff at a public place that doesn't really affect you, you probably shouldn't just... Make heavy assumptions. You probably shouldn't just put your two cents. Just put your two cents in and think that your opinion trumps all. You walk by and be like, "Oh, well, why shouldn't she leave you?" Oh, because you know you're Mister Contrarian. Oh, well, you know maybe you're the problem. Maybe you're this. Maybe you're the one that doesn't get it. Little do they know that you know she uh found out she murders cats, right? But okay. But see, they want to, well, that part doesn't matter. That's just semantics. Oh, it's the semantic guy. And we live in this public generation of semantics. And semantics have become this annoying thing where semantics, context, and nuance have become the three most overused tactics when people are talking about things. I use this example. I was uh, talking to my friend. Uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday. First time I've seen him in a while. And we actually were talking about. Um, we did end up talking about like uh, Kyrie. And and the differences between the Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers situation. And stuff like that. But. I We were using that. And we both agreed. That really what a lot of this stuff has turned into. Is a semantics war. It's turned into someone can make a four-paragraph point about something. Someone can go in lengthy detail of thoroughly explaining something. And people will pick out one little part that doesn't really change anything that you said. It could be an incorrect fact. It could be an incorrect this. It could be you said something wrong. You spelled something incorrectly. But people will point at that part. Because it's just one little thing they can latch on to. To distract from everything else you said. And the point of it is try to say. See this person is not smart. This person's idiotic. He didn't proofread. He didn't proof uh, his 20 minute statement. Where he may have got 8 seconds of it. Incorrectly. But that 8 seconds. Apparently trumps the other 19 minutes, 52, the other 40 minute video you made, right? And I made it to the equivalent. It would be like if someone's mother died and they made a whole eulogy post. Or was it eulogy? It's not a fucking eulogy. They made, they made basically a whole like farewell post to their mother. A very passionate post 
about how much their mother meant to them, how they will never be the same, of how they felt shame and guilt and all this stuff, and it's very passionate. It's a tearjerker. And there would then there could potentially be one asshole in the Instagram comment section that would be like beautiful post, but just know when you say they are, it's supposed to be possessive and make sure you put the... It's like, it doesn't change a fucking thing of what that person said about their mother. It doesn't change a fucking thing of what the whole message of the post. But you really feel like the one thing you said that's irrelevant that 98% of people may have saw but just look past it because it's not really relevant to the whole fucking post they made. It's Instagram posts, not a final thesis paper. Relax. But we've become into this semantics, context, and nuance, right? My belief on quote-unquote nuance and context is that if everything you say or do, you have to quote-unquote bring context to it all the time, maybe you need to get better at explaining it the first time. And if people don't get what you're trying to say, then just accept it. And that's that. You don't need to re-explain everything. You can't you can't break down every little thing to every single person. There's obviously exceptions to that. You know, real life stuff. You know, if you're if you're um if you're president and you're writing a bill Right. Let's say you're talking about like, I'm only using this example because it's obviously a pretty relevant one. But let's say you're talking about abortion bill, right? Like the semantics aspect is very important because there are real life ramifications. There are real, well, life is probably not the best term to use there. But there are real ramifications of people taking advantage of those laws if there are semantics that aren't cleared up, right? Certain things require very, very diligent effort to re-explain and make sure you dive it down to the point where there's no loose interpretation, where it's straightforward, where it is direct, there's no misinterpretation, there's no well in this situation. Because the issue when you have with, like, quote-unquote, the abortion law is that there are some people that will say no matter what, Abortion is wrong, even if you're raped, even if you were 12 years old and got raped by a 40-year-old that your mom brought home, and that 38-year-old man raped your 13-year-old daughter, and they're forced out to get, well, the kid didn't ask to be here. Yeah, uh, the the 13-year-old also didn't ask to have a kid at 13, but okay, we'll just ignore that aspect. But you know what? There should probably be exceptions, exclusions, whatever. The whole point of this. I'm trying to use that as an example, but probably poorly I use as an example. Probably should use some a little lighthearted. Hearted? A little lighthearted? Uh, probably not the best term to use there. Uh, uh, okay, anyways. Um, I, it's just fascinating. We've become the semantics. We've become this technicality. Technicality, context, and nuance. Because what that does is it opens a door... For people to use debate tactics that doesn't really strengthen their point, but try to tear down yours or tear down your whole point and try to make your point have less uh, potency to it.
And it's really annoying. And that's one of the main reasons why social media has become one of the worst things. And I'll even say YouTube to an extent. And I, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I have a right frame of mind when it comes to this stuff because, you know, I, I think if you take value in what other people say and you rely on that, I think that says a lot about what you think of yourself and that that means that you will let this define you if it goes right or if it doesn't go right. And if you were complaining about people that post on YouTube or post on Spotify or media stuff, whatever it is, you don't have to, you could dislike, you put comments. That's not the point. You could not like a point. You could not like this and that. But when you can sense the cynical, uh, when you can sense the uh, undertone of you're wasting your time type aspect, I would say if you have time to comment on a YouTube video, you don't value your time any more than quote unquote the person that you think doesn't value theirs. And it's amazing is that so many people that have such strong dislike for certain things and they're not really like specific to the video and the topics and shit like that. They just have some personal situation with you, and it it's not even, that's the thing, it's not even personal. It's like, they see someone trying something. In the infancy statements, they see someone doing something consistently. And just because there's not the outpour that they would rely on if they did the same thing. They also think that, that's what that person's goal is. Not everyone's goal is that. Uh, people will have different aspirations for why they do things. Some people have more patience. Some people have an understanding of where they're currently at in a lot of things. The whole soapbox about all this negativity, semantics, technicality, culture. Is that it's not about the real issue in my opinion, a lot of stuff, it's not about woke, it's not about, you know, anytime people use the word woke, I roll my eyes, anytime people use left and right wing, I roll my eyes, anytime people talk about deep conservatism, uh, the backbone of this country, I'm like, yeah, 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 nah, because I also see what's really goes on, and the issue with a lot of people that talk about a lot of things is... Common sense seems to leave the building. You know, uh, it's like, this is a great quote I remember in uh, ninth grade, ninth or tenth grade, an English teacher. He said, there are two things we have. We have common sense and we have common people with no sense. Yes, I know. I did one of those reverse. You just say the same words, but move them around and it makes it sound implorable. But that was the actual quote. And he said, when the latter happens is when you need to rely on the first one more than ever. That's when all your, uh, that's when all your beliefs and stuff, all your personal, everything you think you've learned, 
because there's an instinct as a human being that goes beyond that you either kind of you either you just kind of develop through living life common sense would say hmm it's 3 a.m bad part of town you know what i'm probably not gonna do probably not gonna walk through it by myself common sense would probably say yeah probably should get yourself out of the room there's a lot of common sense things to protect yourself, to to make sure you're not manipulated, to make sure you're not diluted, to make sure that you actually see things for what they are. Now, everyone's subjective on what they see things. I know this is not a funny pod today, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> Be funny? That's not my thing. Um, common sense has become this thing that... Common sense is not an agreeable thing across the board. Common sense is just something that first instinct, it's simply when people say when you, your first instinct always trust it, there's a reason. If you have a bad feeling about someone, typically it doesn't get better eight years from now. Eight years later, you're not like, you know what? I was wrong. I had a better feeling about that person now than I thought I did then. No, but that doesn't mean that you can you that means you can have a great feeling about someone at first and it doesn't work out or some bad shit happens. That's very possible too. But if it's bad from the beginning, it typically doesn't get better. That's someone that's people looking for struggle. That's people looking for struggle thoughts. That's people that are looking for struggle talking points. And people will fight for struggle talking points because common sense isn't that interesting. But yet, it seems to be the thing that is lacking the most. You Explain this to me, right? I have a gym. Crazy, I know. One, my, my thing is, how come on the two TVs? Why are the TVs side by side? Why is it... Two political networks. And you can guess the main two. It's the main two that everyone talks about, right? In left-wing media. I hate politics TV. I literally look up sometimes in between sets, and I just look, and I read the headline they're talking about. And it's pretty similar, because especially if it's a breaking news topic, they're both talking about the same thing. And it's just amazing to see the differences in titles and who they have on and how they talk about it. And any person with common sense... If you looked at it side by side, like a split screen, there's no way anyone with common sense would look and be like, yeah, this looks, this looks about right. This looks like this is what should be regurgitated to tens of millions of people. Because it was fascinating to me for Aaron Rodgers, right? And Kyrie Irving, how both of those networks use them for the thoughts that they agreed on them, but then also praise them for the ones they did agree. Of course, but they're pushing quote-unquote agenda, right? It's amazing to me how with, uh, we'll just say Fox News specifically watching it. It's funny when Kyrie, you know, they tried to discredit anything he said when he was talking about Flat Earth and when he was talking about... uh equality and uh, funding uh, George Floyd's daughter. I believe he even 
he basically bought, you know, the George Floyd family a house and did a lot of good for that. He also has given back a lot to his community. He's also, um, he's very active. May have been Breonna Taylor. He may have done both. He's done a lot for, you know, the stuff that he speaks up about. And people always joke because he's always thinking about bigger than the world, but then people tell him to just play basketball. The same, that same network is the one that told him to shut up and dribble, right? They're just athletes. Okay. Except they're just athletes until they make a point that you like. Then all of a sudden, they're everything you want and then more. It's very interesting that when he was speaking for... Um, you know, inequality, systematic stuff. Uh, they wanted to discredit him because you know what? They would always refer to his most outlandish and stuff. So they will find the one thing he has said that will make someone lack credibility. And that was, of course, his flatter thing, which is like, okay, yeah. But then he he's not a fan of the mandates, not a fan of the vaccine and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, they're Kyrie's best friend. They're like, hey, Kyrie, we're with you. You got this Ted Cruz fucking douchebag. Who literally looks more like the SNL character A.D. Bryant that plays him. It's crazy how much alike when she's impersonating him. Um, it is fascinating that Ted Cruz made a post recently about... Saying, I stand with, and he put like five or six NBA athletes who are hesitant to get the vaccine and who haven't. So, and Bradley Bill was one of those, and Bradley Bill was like, don't fucking attach your name to mine. I never, and it's like, because he's literally using Bradley Bill, a person he would never care about in any daily life. A person who has probably spoken out for issues that Ted Cruz would be openly against. But for this issue, all of a sudden, he loves him. All of a sudden, he's like, we're with you. Oh, now you stand with me. Oh, when it's convenient for your talking point, you're going to use my big name, my celebrity for your talking point. I find that very interesting. Common Sense would say, doesn't look right now, does it? Doesn't look right. Take your affiliation with anything. This is what happens when you are separated from this. You actually see things for what it is. You're not caught up in this tornado cycle of bullshit. You see things for what they are. That's not about being the smartest guy in the room. It's about just observing the room. The guy who speaks the most typically has the least to say. And the guy who speaks the least, he hears everything. And how do you learn? You listen, you read, and you just kind of see people and see things for what they are. It's crazy, right? Now, you don't have to, you can agree with something someone says and not with others. That's more than fine. But it is fascinating to me. Just throwing a just throwing an arrow in the windy wind. It is fascinating to me how uh, somehow we tend to 
We tend to stray from that. It is interesting. This point I actually was going to make before I distract you for five seconds. Um, Kyrie is the same person he was nine months ago when he stood for all that stuff. When he stood for everything that he believes and stands for. He stood for it then. But yet now they want to support him. Even though everything he said before he still believes in. So typically a person's ideology and what they think of all connects. And I don't think these, of course these big corporations and channels don't really have that type of awareness. Because they're only using it for their benefits. Aaron Rodgers was one of the few quarterbacks last year. Who, or he's one of the few star quarterbacks, one of the few quarterbacks that actually stood at least supporting Kaepernick, right? We're, we're you know, I, you could, it's not about his comments about NFL slavery. I have opinions on that. I think that's one of those things where I think I get what he's saying, but he used a bad example. But I'm just gonna, when Kaepernick was at the height, of doing what he did, the protests and everything. Um, regardless of whether you agree with it or not, I can tell you, all the quarterbacks that made considerable amount of money had adver- had uh, endorsements, advertisements. Anyone that had a lot to lose in terms of financial because they're worried about their brands and stuff like that. Um, and maybe they just, whether they believe it or not, they wouldn't let you know. Oh, so when Kaepernick, you, people about freedom of speech, right? When Kaepernick did it, they tell him to shut up. He's on the job. He should not do that, right? But when Drew Brees made comments on a political television show, but it's okay if Drew Brees, who's in sports, was a guest on a uh, podcast or show he was on. It was okay that he talked about politics because it fit what they liked. And when he spoke out and said he wasn't a fan of it or whatever, all of a sudden, they wanted to sit there and support him, but then want to support Kaepernick's right to do the same thing. But okay. But you notice how like, no prominent players uh, spoke out really for Kaepernick. At the quarterback position. There were other supporting players. And most of the supporting players are not in the league anymore. But you notice how it's not, you know, I'm not even going to make about, you know, it's not really about white or nothing. It's honestly more has to do with, they were too worried about having endorsements and brands and perception of protecting that. And Aaron Rodgers like, nah, I support him. He should be in the league. He said that openly. You could look it up. He supported the movement. He supported all that. 
the same the same quote unquote liberal woke that they would call Rogers then all of a sudden now they wanna think Rogers is all of a sudden the complete opposite these news corporations and they're trying to use him to enhance their image and to try to associate him with him. I find that very fascinating. Common sense would tell you something about that like self-awareness from these big political corporations. This is not a political pod and I went way longer on this than I ever wanted to. But this isn't about woke media. If you really think everything when it comes to politics has to do with woke or liberal or uh, freaking, you know, all this other bullshit, those buzz terms. Anytime you someone, anytime people use buzz terms to get your attention, your people who believe in that are automatically already going to believe everything you say. Everything you say after just sounds like orgasm in their ear. It's like, yes, give me it, give me it. And they can be saying a bunch of shit that you actually don't agree with or that actually you don't realize contradicts exactly what they're saying. But you hear those buzzwords and you're like, yeah, we're for that. Instead of actually developing an idea yourself and actually listening and seeing things for what they are and not being a political pundit's bitch. A lot of you are politicians, cunts, bitches, and pussies. Because you've never had an original thought for yourself. And while you criticize people who speak out against things. Because you didn't like the way they said it or did it. And you get caught up in semantics. And you get caught up in technicalities. You get caught in one thing they said about flat earth or immunization. And you get caught up in all this to hammer down a point but ignored 98% of everything they've ever stood for. The good of fighting for things that have been fought for for 50, 60, 100 plus years. However far you want to fucking go back. And you want to make it about a point it's not. You make Kaepernick about kneeling. It was not. You want to make Aaron Rodgers point about. Oh well he said immunization and all this shit. It's like okay. He also gave a very thorough explanation. Which is much more thorough than 99% of the people on TV. Talking about stuff that apparently they're not qualified to speak about. But they can speak about it but all of a sudden other people can't. It's funny how it's okay for politics to talk about sports and TV sports shows to talk about things, but the actual athletes can't speak on those same things. Maybe NFL's not a slavery. I don't think it is. I think Kaepernick's examples may be a poor example. But in terms of we're going to, in terms of, well, we're going to find ways to make it difficult for you if you don't align with our way of thinking. Maybe, maybe not. But then when it comes to Kyrie, they want to focus on he once said flat earth. He wants to say some things that are a little out there, conspiracy and shit. Fine. 
but they will use those few talking things. They will use those few things. But then when he speaks out for something that quote unquote should be universally agreed for equality and fighting free, uh, systematic things that kind of whether you believe it or not, just the fact that you would push back against posits positively improving aspects in our society. Things says a little bit more about you. I typically don't like talking about this shit, right? But I had nothing interesting or funny to talk about today. You know, I kind of in the days, breath is kind of gone. I'm not really sharp up there today. But I always have time to really speak some shit. All because I guess I only have four viewers. So fuck it. No one's watching anyways, right? But, hey. I guess uh, the moral of today's episode is... If you're always focusing on technicality and semantics... And you're always focusing on bullshit... That dilutes the point... And you try to distract from what's really happening... Because you don't really have a point the stronger... You just want to be either contrarian for no reason... If you're going to be contrarian... At least be like these sport TV shows where they're contrarian with wasted 10-minute takes. Your contrarian point of view is, you just start using buzzwords. Oh, you must be a a Hollywood liberal. It's like, dude, I haven't even been on the west side of the country, bro. Oh, you must be a puppet. You You must be a Hollywood puppet. You really think... Like, the fact that you think that, the fact that you think everything someone says publicly is literally dictated by a fictional Scientologist characterization of someone telling someone what to say, I think says a lot about how much of a fucking idiot you are and the fact that you believe that people can't think outside of themselves. Is the fact that it's it's unfathomable that somehow people came to a conclusion themselves that wasn't yours. That's crazy to me. That everything's some crazy agenda. That everything is about this. I would argue what you do, you were trying to be liked by a specific niche group. Where these YouTube channels that have a decent amount of subscribers are more of echo chambers. And they're more of... Saturated fields to there's a reason why publicly people will identify as left or right, even if they're not really because they could automatically get a fan base doing that. You could be saying the dumbest shit, the most less thought out thing than anything that you will see on TV or anything, and that's saying something, but. Just because you want to hear what you want to hear on a daily basis. You will subscribe and you will listen to them. And be like, yeah. You go, Steven Crowder. Without ever developing an original opinion of yourself. Without actually thinking something through. And maybe you do come to the same conclusion as them. And we all do to the extent we all listen and watch things that we just want to hear. But at least know when you're just listening to what you want to hear. Oh, but what does that take? That takes fucking awareness, huh? 
That was episode 80 of the Off and Beat Podcast. Like and subscribe and uh, suck some titties. And um, go fuck yourself. And uh, don't forget to be more semantical, technical. And if you see someone's dead mother's post and they make a lengthy post, just make sure you spell correct them. Just make sure you point out uh, grammar aspects. Make sure you point out technical things that are wrong in their posts instead of the passion and heart it took to even write that. Just a thought. Alright guys, enjoy your day. Next episode we'll be back on my bullshit. And uh, we'll have a great day at the office. Uh, Jesus Christ, Clint. Another fucking shitty episode. Well that's what we're here for. That is what we're here for.